everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crunch with the Mythos Manual. I'm your host, Leslie Wisniewski, producer of the podcast. With me, as always, is Calder Kadavid, our GM. It's another fabulous Crunch episode, and I'm ready to take a bite out of it. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Joining us tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening to us, <laughs> is Christy Stakey. Hi, guys. We have Christy today. It's pretty exciting. It's super exciting. I love having Christy around. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. pretty great. I like it too. Yay. This week's episode of Crunch is brought to you by the corner of the lasagna that we had earlier this evening. It was very crunchy and very delicious. Kudos to Paul because he cooked it. Cal's silent because he <laughs> prefers his own lasagna recipe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's hunker down and talk about these last couple episodes of the Mythos Manual. Things are happening. Stuff is going down. It's, Dalton's gone rogue. It's crazy. Things are heating up, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm ready. I've been doing this little slow boil. I got they're all the, my little frogs in the pot, and I'm just turning that heat. <laughs> no. Just turn that heat. <laughs> Add more wood to the fire. Ugh. Cooking with gas now. So why do you need the wood? I'm. It's a lot of. There's a lot of metaphors. <laughs> a lot of fire. Too many. <laughs> Too many. We've opened a pl- we've opened a gate to the plane of fire, and we're walking fucking through. Whoa, it's aggressive. It is aggressive. Speaking of aggressive, let's talk about Dalton, <laughs> <laughs> our most aggressive yeah. NPC. He is the most aggressive NPC. It's true, but he's a ally. I almost said a good guy. Yep. That's not Incorrect. right. Incorrect. Not a no, good guy. No, I think it's maybe too strong of a statement. I don't think his alignment is even good. Uh, no, it is not. It's neutral, right? It's chaotic neutral. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like you don't often see those combos. As NPCs, people... I think, well, yeah, players like players yeah. love playing chaotic neutral. NPCs <laughs> sometimes can be chaotic neutral. And I think Dalton is very much so a chaotic neutral character. That's true. That's true. Well, let's explore a little bit. Obviously, Christy Allen very much threw down the gauntlet. Elle <laughs> <laughs> was like, I wonder what Christy thinks. I'm very excited to hear. And then like kind of side eyes future Christy. And now you're Now, now you're I'm here. sitting here about well, to tell you what I think. Yeah. So let's talk about that interaction that you have with Dalton at the camp when he's like sneaking away into the forest with me. And you're like, ooh, for what? And he's like, for murder. You're like, not what I anticipated. Not what I thought we were doing here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that was a really interesting moment for me as a player because it was fun to have an NPC on my side. Paul is very good at dealing with NPCs and like building the bonds. And that's kind of become his role in this campaign is yeah. he's the one building those friendship blocks. Yeah. I kind of latched on to Dalton and only Dalton. Mm-hmm. So it was really kind of fun to have a moment where the NPC pulled me aside specifically. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't me going after a point with an NPC. It was an NPC choosing me. Because of a relationship we already had. And Cal, is it fair to say that that moment didn't have to happen necessarily? Oh, absolutely not. No, that was, uh, we're, we're building to a point where, like, you know, I, I've, I've talked about it before that I have this, like, magic little secret calendar with all of my secret dates on it of, like, when things go down. The darkest party planning of all. The darkest party planning where the whole party ends in death. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, like, this, like... You know, what I had written in this kind of section had just been, like, Dalton's going to go do this thing. But I decided that, like, he values Kata. He sees her as, like, someone who is competent and a a friend of sorts. Mm -hmm. And I think he would do this. I think that that makes sense. I'm always trying to, you know, if I play an NPC, you come at it. Like, well, what? You try to put your head in their head a little bit. Like, he's a brash kind of guy. He doesn't want to sit around and wait. He feels he's got a superior weapon. 
superior like intellect. He he's never met something he couldn't kill. Yeah. So this is the, this is the best plan. And also, he's seen Kata kill many a thing at this point. It's true. Yeah, I am very good at killing. But it was interesting for me to be in that situation because it felt I thought you know, naively, that I had convinced him to wait. That mm-hmm. this was just him giving me a hint of his motive. Right. Starting a path of, oh, let's get the whole party to do this thing. I thought I thought Cal was choosing to do that. Trying to nudge us towards, okay, you guys are taking way too long to get to the low city. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Right. Turns out it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't actually convince him not to go. Even though I thought I... Made a fairly convincing argument. I, If I recall correctly, I think your diplomacy check with him was like a 12 or maybe a 17. Yeah, I it remember It wasn't being a like, great role. It wasn't like, I think it was, it was, I remember it happening. I kind of remember thinking to myself afterwards being like, he's still going. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know if I could have prevented him from going. I don't want to say no. You know what I mean? Like, I never want to say no, you could never have done it. I think it would have been a lot of work to do it. You couldn't have really known he was going to go do it. I didn't think he was going to. Yeah. like Yeah, exactly. Like, it was definitely me putting my hand on the steering wheel a little bit because this is where I want the story to kind of move to. I'm trying to, like, you know, mm-hmm. this is a big sandbox adventure. I really like you guys driving the story. But occasionally, in order to kind of ratchet up the stakes, in order to inject more life into the story as a game master, I feel like, you know, you got to you gotta do that. You got to take the reins out of the players for a second and, like, present the situation. The situation has changed. Things are happening and they don't have the control that they think that they usually do, that they're used to. Yeah, I even, up until the moment Malik gets punched and we wake right. up in the morning and there's this fiasco and I'm over there having this interaction and watching Malik be like, oh, my stuff's gone. And I think I say, I give Dalton some side eye and Cal goes, Dalton's not here. And I'm like, what? Where? What? No, where's Dalton? What? Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask this question. It might have been really hard for Kata to convince Dalton not to go, but would there have been a parallel dimension where she was like, all right, I'm going to go with you. And then that happens or. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Like I'm never, I don't ever feel entirely married to every idea I come up with. Cause like I can always move the story in a different way. And if like, let's say Chrissy's Kata had made that choice to then go with Dalton and maybe to even drag Damius and Kafka with them, that'd have been a whole new adventure. That would have been like a whole adventure of like, we're going to go set up some sort of trap and the fire. We're going to set up some fire things. And I think like, Knowing me and how I run games, like I would try to kind of go for probably a little bit of the same effect of like Dalton getting captured. Probably, if I know myself well enough. Like I feel like the what I liked about the story beat was the idea of like them starting to like lose people or lose uh, people that matter. Lose people that matter. Like it's not yeah. just like laborers, it's not just like another kind of guy at, at camp. It's like a character you've interacted with a whole bunch, and I want to start putting those people on the line. Like, that's the whole point of the the character interaction momentum of this whole campaign is to give, like, saving these people real stakes, because you feel like you have a relationship with them, so you want them to survive. Yeah. It's not just, like, a generic, like, I should save this because I have a G on my character sheet. Yeah, exactly. It's not just because of your alignment. It's mm-hmm. because you're invested, for yeah. sure. Well, digging in a little bit deeper to what you were saying, Christy, about feeling like you were naive to think that, (laughs) not that your choices mattered, because of course they do, especially in a game kind of like this, you had a certain expectation as your character in that moment. And I think that's a nice kind of in for us to talk a little bit about how you, how you do approach like role playing in RPG settings. Yeah. 
Uh, having just listened to Paul and Alan tell yes. you theirs, um, I think I play it even a third totally different way. Completely legitimate. Let's hear about <laughs> it. I really like to approach it with a sense of genuine exploration. Mm-hmm. I trust that my GM has written a good story. And you've been playing with Cal for the better this part is true. of a decade. Maybe that's, maybe that's colored by the fact that I play with Cal and Cal does write really good story and has like really in-depth world builds. But even when I play silly computer games, like I'm going to reference Myst, which is going to date me, but it's one of those computer people games. Like Mist. People like Myst. People like Myst, but it's like, I have never heard of You are too old. young for Myst. <laughs> See, we dated but, ourselves. Yeah, yeah, but we uh, had computers in 1997 and we had Myst. It was cool. Well, uh, what was Myst? Essentially, Myst was an exploratory game, but it was also a mystery and it would reveal itself through the mist ah. as you were exploring and the mist would clear it and like you could learn new things. But that's, I've always kind of approached it in the, all right, I trust that this story is going to go somewhere. It's also how I play video games. I don't like to sit there and level grind my mm-hmm. stories. I like to like, I want to explore and follow the storyline and figure out all the things, but I trust that there's a direction I'm supposed to be going. Yeah. So I don't like to beat the GM at his game. Mm-hmm. I like to play it. My characters always choose... Well, this thing's going to happen. Let's see how I respond to the thing that's happening. Right. Instead of, oh, I'm going to try to circumvent the thing. It's kind of participate, not anticipate. Yes. Um, And that's hard to do, especially as someone who has played a lot of role play. I think it takes a lot of effort to separate yourself from, I am going into a dungeon so I can anticipate traps and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, you should do those things, but I think it's, it's not getting stuck in kind of in it's, yep. it's separating the metagame from your character knowledge and that can be that is very challenging yes. for a lot of people and I don't think we as a collective are always the best we about it and so much so that I had to have like our local our normal Sunday group I had to sit down and have like a conversation about it last session it's true about how we need to be better about separating our metagame from our character yeah. because it's you want to because you know that these sorts of games reward you based on like a very mechanical level of Mm -hmm. like it's good to make smart decisions it's good to build your character in a way that is effective um but at the same time we like to we want to be able to be in moments we want to be able to explore and really feel out how our characters are going to behave in something and it's hard and those are kind of two separate sort of competing ideas sometimes right and i think sometimes it makes my characters come off as naive Mm-hmm. in a way, because they don't know the thing ahead of time. I was totally unaware of the Duke Luca thing. <laughs> From the outside, yeah. probably should have been super obvious. But in the inside, yeah. I was just going along with the story. It's also why my characters tend to say things like, I throw a rock at it. Yeah. <laughs> because I would rather force the thing to happen that's yeah. going to happen. It's why my characters often end up saying things like, I throw a rock at it. I think we've, we heard you say that several times. <laughs> in various campaigns. I don't care who the character is, they usually throw rocks. Uh, but it's because I want to force the thing to happen. I don't want to sit around and metagame for 15 minutes about how to prevent the thing that's supposed to happen from happening. From happening, yeah. I would rather make the sandworm attack me or, you know, force a force a conflict. The bot flies. The bot whatever it is. Yeah. Uh then try to figure out how to outwit something. Yeah, it, I feel like you bring up this interesting notion because 
in role play games, there is sort of this illusion of control, right? You are outside of the game. You can have an impact on it. You can maybe keep bad things from happening. And that's maybe why RPG is a fun escape for a lot of reasons. Uh, but oftentimes, sometimes you just got to throw a rock at it. Things are just going to happen. Things are going to happen. I'd rather yeah. explore my character in the scenario that I'm supposed to explore than try to like outwit. But it's also, I think... For the same reason when you're watching a murder mystery show or a procedural crime drama, mm-hmm. it's fun as an audience member to guess who the villain is, but you don't want your character to guess. Like, you don't want to be watching the characters on TV to get it right too early. Right. right. Like, it's no fun if, like, Olivia figures out, like, who the murderer is five minutes into the episode. It's a scandal. Like, that doesn't work. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can't do that. It's more fun for the audience to figure that out than it is for the character. Also... I, Christy, do really poorly when I know more than my character is supposed to know. And that's just me as an RPG player. Yeah. I need to be at the level that my character's at knowledge-wise. Because like like Cal was just saying, it, it can be hard to overthink things yeah. and then remove knowledge from your character. Yeah, because also I think we all want to do right by our characters at the end of the day. And withholding that type of information from decision-making in a way feels like irresponsible. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'd rather go at it with the same knowledge my character has. I appreciate when Cal pulls people out of the room to tell them things secretly or writes it on a piece of paper or gives one person a thing to know. Yeah. Because it changes the way I react if I have more information. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit about... The moment, the moment that we come back to in the the episode that most recently aired, which what the was Daily it? and Gazette, the <laughs> Daily and Gazette. Oh, that <laughs> it cracks me up. It's pretty good. It is it's pretty, pretty good. good. It is pretty good. Um, you guys, this are- is the most anyone has ever talked about Angazan. I think probably <laughs> ever. Yes, at least on the podcast circuit. I yeah. There's not like how much I don't know how much traction like the demon lord of jungles and beasts Often really gets. gets. Yeah, we're really speaking to his followers tonight. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. one goes out to you guys and that crunchy bit of lasagna. Goes out to all you crazy monkeys out there, apes. <laughs> <laughs> if if this podcast has taught me anything, it's the difference between monkeys and apes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tails, really. It's all tell. about the tails. Well, let's talk because like because we are working in like the medium of podcasting, it's definitely important to try to end episodes on a degree of tension and suspense and I think going into the low city to see what happened to Dalton, that moment felt very intense. Yeah, that that, that, was that a whole lot of episode felt like it was a rolling ball of force. And I think that that's it, it just kept going and going and going and things kept spinning out of our control. The only yeah. thing that we barely had control over was faking that faux pas. We, <laughs> yeah. we got through that scenario by the skin of our teeth. Yeah, that would have been interesting if that had gone really south. Part of me, you know, I like how that all pretty much went down for the most part because it, it, it was unexpected. Like this was not something I necessarily prepared for as a GM but, like, you know, I, I have my world fleshed out enough and, like, I'm able to react in ways that make logical sense for the campaign to move. And, like, that's – when you guys make moves like that that I don't necessarily intend to happen, like, that's the best. Like, that's such a good and fun kind of rush and it leads to really interesting things happening. And now we're kind of in uncharted waters a little bit. And I, and that's and that's where, like, the game feels most innovative and creative to me. Yeah, and then it it culminates in this moment with the Herald where he's – telling us about this heretic and it's 
it's intense. Dalton's up, you know, on a rack on the wall. Things are all very heavy. And then the episode ends. Yes, it does. And then it picks back up. And then it picks back up. And I think, listening to it again, mm-hmm. I think we as players did it a little bit of disservice mm-hmm. because we didn't carry through the weight that the previous episode's ending had had. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe just sitting there and like riffing on like this fucking like leader of these dangerous Charuka. Oh my God. I was like, I, like, I could. I, I remember I was like, I honestly got like, I was like, I like. There's one point where you're like, I will kill you. I have no I, problem. I, Cause I'm trying to role play as this yeah. guy. And like, you know, I want, there's a difference between like, cause they're role playing and like, but and, like, but also being but silly. They're but, goofing. And like goofing. And like, I remember being to a point where I'm like, if you're seriously talking to this person in this way, I'm having trouble justifying why he doesn't just execute you. You're burning all the goodwill that you built up right. previously. Mm-hmm. Right. And it like, and like, that's a moment where I felt like, there, you were no longer genuinely interacting with like the story anymore. Like right. they were, they were just kind of like riffing and having like a, a hoot, which is like, and sometimes it, like that's fine. A lot of times that is fine, but like, but in I that was, moment, that was not fine. Right. I think it was maybe especially jarring because I listened to the two episodes pretty closely back to back, and the tonal shift seemed very uh, abrupt. And I and off, and that's. Partially because, again, we're in the medium, right? We we have these kind of breaks built in and between. Um, but and I feel like there's also we're also a little limited. Cal, I know something that you usually do when we're not recording a podcast is you put on music or yeah, I use background music pretty liberally. A yeah, lot of, a lot of a lot of copyrighted Final Fantasy and Witcher tracks. Yeah, to kind of set the mood and set the tone. And uh, I think since having recorded Mythos Manual, you've also been incorporating a degree of scene setting at the top of games. Yeah, I think in, in retrospect, I probably on air should have like kind of done like it like I can't like throw every bit of like blame on them. No, totally and this isn't this isn't meant to be like a finger pointing critique. This oh, is, I'm my fingers are pointing. <laughs> this is more of like, let's kind of reflect and also really try to take the experience and carry it forward. Right. And I think another Part of it was that we hadn't gotten enough information out of him. So I, as Kata, was realizing, oh, shoot, we don't know how many people we're supposed to go face. Oh, shoot, you were going to send guys out there? How many guys were you going to send? Are we enough people? Do we have to go back and get our whole party? I don't know. I got a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. But they were so busy making jokes, and I was chipping in on these jokes that it was like, oh, wait, shoot, Ah, you were going to tell me that thing. Tell me that thing real quick, and then we're out the door. Yeah. Because I actually needed that information. Right. And when you end on a cliffhanger, sometimes you don't have time to get all the information that you want. Sure. Right. And it wasn't until we were into the next episode and these jokes were starting to happen that we realized that we actually still needed some the, valuable yeah, information. Yeah, the, the intel. <laughs> so it, dra- it dragged the scene out in a way that maybe wouldn't have happened if we had to break it. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you guys were to approach that moment again now... What kind of different choices do you think you would have made? I know. I think I would have tried to relay the severity of the moment. I think I probably could have worked a little bit harder to kind of really paint the picture, right? Like I could have set up a bit like, 
just redescribe the Harold Levangazan. Show like talk about how how menacing he is. Talk about how beat up uh, you know poor Dalton is. Talk about how many guards are there and how they're all what, being so mean to Shayaka. And like there's it, it's such an incredibly dangerous situation that at any moment like like this could go sour. And like then it's a little too on the nose, but you could have cut off Dalton's hand. Yeah, I could have. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, was, yeah. Like, Dalton's hand could have gotten cut off. I, it would have been like kind of to the case of like, I remember thinking to myself, honestly, like maybe they just, maybe like this is it. Maybe the Herald of Angazan like turns on him and tells his people to attack them. And then, but I didn't want to move the story in that way because I, that's a TPK. Like I can't justify if the village turns on them at this moment, there's, I've described there as being hundreds of people why would they survive? How could they survive that? It, it, I I just don't see that being like a likely situation in that situation in that scenario, and like that's not a good reaction. Like that's not the way I want to move the story. Yeah, I I think we talk a lot about like being respectful and mindful of like player characters' choices and and trying to be respectful of them. And sometimes we kind of forget about the game master, or the dungeon master in all of this because they're like. They get they have to be the grown up and blah uh, a little bit right, but trying to I guess pick up on those cues because it's not like I think there were definitely some breadcrumb moments uh, in that scene where you're really trying to like not not crush them crush the goofs that are happening, but steer back the conversation and reinforce the severity of the situation. And right. Reiterate like I can just kill you. I can kill you right now and I'd be fine with that, right? Which I think helps kind of like reinforce that, but it was also a moment that didn't feel like it had to be said, mm-hmm. right? It shouldn't have had to have been spelled out maybe in that way. And like, I think we're starting to really see a shift in the in the story, right? We're not just excavating temples anymore we aren't just doing checks in libraries or looking for senbu bean paste right like mm-hmm. i mean we're still doing that on I, our way are, to do other things but, but yes but we still need senbu bean paste <laughs> senbu bean paste is still very important I, I mean don't get me wrong it is um but i think like there are things happening now that seem very i think you're right chrissy i think you guys are very much scrambling a little because this has gone from like a, oh we just got to do this and this and it's become oh Ah, this is kind of unraveling. Got to patch that up. But oh no, this over here, like Paul's search for Little Cloud. Yep. I think ended it in like not a way he anticipated. And it was kind of a moment that was like uh, something happened and... And we can't figure it out right now. <laughs> like uh, we're on a ticking time clock with this traitor's tree. We can't deal with the fact that Little Cloud's been dragged off to God knows where. Yeah. It's not something that we can deal with. We just have to walk into this murder scene of an okapi, a giant okapi, yeah. impaled on a tree. It's, Not and then great. move on. Yeah, because also, but I, I like, <laughs> I like that though, because when the, when the herald says you have three days, the reaction from all three of you is like, what? What? What a timer? <laughs> I thought we had three, three more weeks in the jungle. We would have gotten around to it eventually. But also I see so intensely how that is driving Kata. She's like, yeah, 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 we got, we're, we got to go. Like, we got to keep moving. We got to go. We got to, we don't have time. We, we have to find Dalton. And I think I, I, that really, it's enjoyable for me, I think, as a listener to kind of see how you are, for a character who usually is pretty much like, I'll kind of go along with it. You're like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. 
Faraha will take care of the garden. We've got to go. Yeah. Katie takes a lot of charge in the story of times, like really kind of moving things forward. And I really appreciate when you do that. Because yeah. I think you're the one that's got like a kind of pretty firm hand on And that all reins. falls back on my concept of RPGs. Want, yeah. It's my I'll throw it a rock at it. Like we got to keep going. I don't want to sit here and chat for 20 minutes. Let's go. We got yeah, stuff to do. We won't know what it is until we're there. Right. You could make all these plans and it might not work. That's true. As a GM <laughs> who I, who's definitely like sat down for half hour to watch his players just like talk incessantly about plans that in my heart I know won't matter. Yep. Sometimes you just got to throw a rock at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the equivalent of YOLO in it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Oh yes. It's Hashtag so throw a rock at it. Pretty much. I throw a God, rock. God, that's at so it. true. But it's great because again, it's the illusion of control that we kind of have over these characters in the story, right? That mm-hmm. we hope to have in right. our own daily life. And in reality, your character can only really respond to what it's given. And that's all we can do as people, too, I think. True. Um well, on that kind of philosophical note, we're probably going to wrap out the episode. But Christy, before we go, is there anything that you want to talk to us about? Any projects you're excited about? A group of women that I often work with is called Ripley. They've done a bunch of different improv shows around town. They work primarily at Impro. They also have a series coming out that's really exciting. Yeah? Um, it's all improv and it's very, very, very exciting. But they have a new genre and it's called Encounter and it's based on like space encounters and alien encounters Mm -hmm. so it's an improv show and it's genre and their genre this time around is alien abduction can you go into detail a little bit about what that kind of means like a genre improv yes so it's not normal improv where you watch a bunch of people play silly games on stage it's (laughs) not it's my least favorite kind of improv oh okay (laughs) uh no it's it's a full long hour-long character-driven arc Long, long form improv. Yeah, it's um, long. It's long form improv that sticks to a genre. Yeah. So I've seen them do dystopia, which is all young adult dystopian Hunger Games, themed. Hunger Games, yeah. Divergent, yeah. all that. But it's stuff. all played like that genre. This one is going to be a little bit more spacey, which we all know I love. Christy loves space, so she that's does. exciting. Uh, so I'm excited for them for that. Mm-hmm. They have shows every Friday from now until I want to say just the beginning of December. Awesome! So if you're an LA local, check out some check out great their shows. Stuff. Or come to our fundraiser. Ooh. Ripley is fundraising and doing a Halloween party. So on actual Halloween, October 31st at 8 p.m. in downtown, they're doing an immersive dance party as a fundraiser. So you can buy tickets and go, and there's immersive character interactions, maybe an alien encounter, side quests throughout the night, also a party. Very Some fun. dancing. And I'm tending bar, so come get a drink from me. Ooh, Look at you, fancy. All right. You know, should Hook be it up. If people want to check out Ripley, like on social media and stuff, where can they find them? So you can check out their website, which is ripleyimprov.com, and that'll have links to shows, to their fundraising events, and I think even a trailer to these new series, which is exciting. That's super exciting. Awesome. So check out Ripley if you're L.A., Check out their shows. Check out their fundraiser. Come to our party. Cal and I and Paul have all seen Ripley perform before. We were at the YA dystopian show and it was hilarious. It's a great exploration of tropes and genre and subversion and 
really hitting the nail on the head in a hilarious way. Yeah, they're also some of the most genius women I know. It's an all-female troupe, which maybe I didn't mention. But they're fantastic, and this film crew was primarily women. It's a great women-supporting-women experience as well. Oh, fantastic. Also, men support them. Like, you know, Kevin mm-hmm. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> men are allowed to support the women. Yes. Um, another fun thing that we wanted to kind of plug uh, is we're doing a fun little kind of challenge well really cal's doing the challenge in honor of inktober it's kind of a design tober he's trying to make a new monster or concept pretty much every day for the month of october that is my goal is to do my design tober every day I've, I've been kind of making a new so far it's only been monsters it might stick to only monsters but if i'm feeling loose and freaky maybe i'll get a magic <laughs> item or a, a spell uh, but it's all for pathfinder second edition because i don't really know the edition very well and i thought it'd be a fun exercise to kind of get familiar yeah to get familiar and it's been kind of like a goofy little experiment I, i've made a i made a far-fetched from uh from pokemon i made a <laughs> yeah i made the the great pumpkin uh that linus worships and, and it's uh, like cthulhu being from beyond a, the stars it's a giant cthulhu being that summons young boys and then devours them or something oh this is great oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's very, very fun. fun so i've been doing one every day if you guys are, are interested in some new monsters it's, they're all up on our website mythos mythosmanual.com uh hopefully i'll be able to do one every day and that i won't somehow Forget or get too busy. If you have any fun monster ideas, please like send them Cal's way. Just tag us at Mythos Manual on Twitter. Uh, reach out to us on our website because 31 days, lots of monsters, perhaps. I might run out of ideas. I'm My brain. totally going to pitch a monster. It's going to happen. You should pitch me monsters. Let me, let me oh, get it. Oh, very exciting. There you go. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So thank you guys again for tuning in to this week's Crunch. Please be sure to check us out on socials at Mythos Manual. Please rate and subscribe to our podcast because that's the only way we know that you like us. Honestly, it's hard to tell otherwise. The internet is a giant void and we're all just screaming screaming into it so scream back and give us some stars or at least click some buttons at least click mm-hmm. some buttons uh thank you guys so much have a great week see you next time thanks for tuning in to the mythos manual Be sure to check us out on our socials at Mythos Manual or our website, mythosmanual.com. May all your roles be 20s.